I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you here on this Thursday, and I'm excited because we have someone here. Well, okay, you can imagine uh, that that some places are um, maybe a little more difficult to to build a church, to bring a community community together around Christ. And New York City, it's it's a tough place, you know. Uh, there are strong people up there. There's a, it's a very diverse place. Lots of different ideas and backgrounds but there is a pastor there are a lot of good pastors up there there's one particular pastor who who started with a small congregation and over decades has built it into uh, a real a real light uh, in Brooklyn Brooklyn Tabernacle in fact and so I'm excited to have Pastor Jim Simbla with me here today he has a book that is talking about something that uh, I think we're all interested in no matter where you're at uh, the book is called Fan the Flame, looks just like this, and it is available wherever you get books. Uh, and he's really talking about something that I think we all should be a, a part of, we all want to be a part of, and that is just, just this idea of renewing and reviving the spirit uh, in, our, in our hometowns, in our country, in our world. So we invite you to be a part of the conversation. Judy, good to have you here today. Uh, chat is open. If you haven't followed or subscribed, I would invite you to do that now. Pastor Jim, great to have you on Life Today Live. Great to be with you, and thank you, Randy, for inviting me. Before we get into the book, I'd love to hear just a little bit, uh, just about you know what 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 you've seen, what what you've experienced uh, over. Well, it's been like what over fifty years that you've been at it. Yeah, I started when I was four years old. Uh, no, I'm only uh, Yeah, five decades ago, my wife and I began in downtown Brooklyn in a rundown building with uh, less than 20 people in the church. And the first offering collection we took was $85. So I had been a basketball player in high school and college. My wife can't read or write music, although now she's won six Grammy Awards. So here we were in a rundown building. It was so depressing. I didn't want to go. And that's not a good sign when you're the pastor. <laughs> um, and um, here we were trying to proclaim the gospel of Jesus, uh, reaching out to people, loving them, doors open to everyone. And the uh, learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, still do. And uh, we've seen God do amazing things. Now, many thousands of people come on a Sunday, we're in a very, very large theater in downtown Brooklyn that we converted into uh, our meeting place. And uh, it's not the easiest place, but you don't need a scorecard to tell who needs Christ usually mm -hmm. uh, here in New York City. But what's interesting is on March 8th, 2020, we went away. I rent an apartment about um, 250 steps from this the church. We rent an apartment, but we have a getaway little home uh, that we rarely get to uh, in Florida. Well, we went for five days of R&R &R on March 8th. Oh, boy. And that five days turned into 16 months. We couldn't get back. The pastors called, the board called, don't get on a plane. City shut down, school shut down, bank shut down. We can't have public meetings, office shut down. 
so here we were and uh i not only started meeting with pastors and leaders and christians from all over that area of florida every single week pastors were coming to my home and other believers and we would talk and pray the discouragement level was palpable but when i came back to brooklyn after 16 months it's a whole different city it's a whole different brooklyn much more dangerous brooklyn has gone through a renaissance over the last few years but now it's dodge city it's really crazy but it's where god placed us we're seeing amazing things happen since that last july 4th of 2021 so uh but it's a day now that is challenging all believers all leaders all christians it's a whole new landscape for the kingdom of god well okay i have some questions about that what's going on because we you know we see the news here in other parts of the country and we we do kind of wonder what is going on up there but before that as as you built over over 50 years what was it that really reached people what convinced them in in a, a, a city that is fairly skeptical i would say um correct me if i'm wrong but what made them say yes to jesus in brooklyn well, that's a complicated question. In one sense, it's uh, as I was struggling along, uh, we began to emphasize and have uh, Tuesday night be the engine that drove our church, the prayer meeting, uh, which eventually tended by more than 1,000, 1,200 people. Um, and, you know, when you pray, God answers. Mm. That's very biblical. It's not simplistic. It's just truth. That along with proclaiming the good news of Jesus, not uh, our church, not a political party, not a political stance, uh, just open the doors to everyone and share the good news that Paul said in Romans 1, he was not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God to salvation. So if God helps you by filling your hearts with love, and the atmosphere is love and acceptance of people who walk in and you proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, that if we repent of our sins and put our faith in Christ, we become a new creation. And now fulfillment and eternity are going to be totally different for us. And uh, guess what? The Not everybody believes when Jesus was on earth. Not everybody believes. <laughs> but there's a whole lot of people hurting who, when they hear about the good news of Jesus, uh, they they accept him as a savior and Lord. Just since we've been back, like three weeks ago, we baptized on a Sunday in another part of the campus, I think 40 people. And then seven, eight weeks before that, baptized 80 or 90 new believers. Mm -hmm. So there's no shortage of sinners here in New York. I don't know where your, your viewership is, but uh, no shortage of people in need of a savior. Yeah, I'm 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 here in Texas where uh, everybody's saved and, and no no I'm kidding it's, it's, it's I know that right yeah. it's it's the same all over you know people need yeah. Jesus wherever they're at um, but the old the old joke I heard from the minister one time uh, visiting Texas he said Jim you got to remember this here in Texas there's more bad no, I didn't do that I didn't cut off his joke people just so you know. Are we we lost you for just a second and people are thinking that I cut you off for telling a Texas joke. So tell that joke again. 
And I said, how could that be? He said, no, even if you die, we keep you on the rolls. And, uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, I hope we're not crashing on this interview. Welcome to the, live. Television. It's a whole new day in the city. Okay, great. All right. We have, we're having a little bit of a phone lag here going on at times, but we're going to try to keep going. Um, so, we, he, so you, you mentioned a couple of words. You mentioned um, love and acceptance. Yet, uh, I know that some people view Christians as, as haters and, and intolerant. Um, what do you do with the resistance that, that you get? I'm assuming you get some, and again, tell me if I'm right. wrong. I don't want to make wrong assumptions, but what do you do with the resistance that you, you face? Uh there are there is a lot of hate and and bigotry in the christian church unfortunately hmm. uh that's part of the problem uh we're preaching about god so loved the world but we have a target group that doesn't include everyone christ died for hmm. and that's really tragic hmm. that's tra that's really tragic but what i mean by that is i don't care who walks in there whoever god sends in we're going to give them the same gospel that paul said in acts 20 which is my background of my book fan the flame which he said to both jew and gentile i preach repentance of sin and faith in the lord jesus christ there's no two gospels there's no other gospel there's one powerful gospel and look you preach that to some people and they go what do you mean i have to repent i'm not changing anything <laughs> well that doesn't doesn't bother me then i just keep going to the next one and then many come in and they realize they are empty and they're scared to death of dying and they know there's an eternity. Something in their conscience tells them that it's just not eat, drink, and mar be merry tomorrow we die. Mm. So you just keep at it. You just keep at it like Paul kept at it and like all the great men and women of God through the centuries have brought forth fruit by just keeping at it. Yeah, yeah. So once, once your city opened up after COVID, uh, did you find that some people were maybe looking for some answers and had faced some fear they hadn't faced before and, and had questions of mortality and, and death that, that maybe they didn't have before COVID? Yeah, definitely. And it it's a more gradual thing, but it's kind of, Randy, kind of like after 9-11. We lost four people more than any other church hmm. uh, after 9-11. And then it was like a panic zone. I mean, you remember that. It was just crazy. Yeah, yeah. This is different, but people very... Uh, much more open to the fact that, hey, life is a vapor. Don't say tomorrow I'm going to do this. No one knows. And that's also an open door for the message of hope uh, of the gospel, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that this life, no matter how long we live, 80, 90 years, it's not the end. It's the beginning of eternity. Mm -hmm. Now, others, others, listen, with the politicalization of everything and the racialization of everything, what the pandemic has done in in my uh, mind, and I write about it in the book, is it's revealed the soft underbelly of the evangelical church. Most people go to church, do not identify first as believers. They do not. Uh, pastors will confirm this all across the country. They identify racially or politically first. Yo, I'm white. I'm Fox News. No, no, I'm black. I'm CNN. No, I'm pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, pro-mass, anti-mask, and uh, uh, woke, too woke, not woke enough. And 
doesn't matter if you're a believer, they'll go on social media and take out your trachea uh, if you dare to disagree with their position, not on a Bible truth, not on not on God's infallible word. No, it's about politics. That's where they identify first. Now they go for conscience sake to church for an hour or so on a Sunday. When push comes to shove, they don't identify like, wait a minute, that's my brother, that's my sister. Yeah. We're going to spend eternity together. So they disagree on something. We can agree to disagree. No, no. Pastors were telling me in Florida, one guy said to me in a room with five, six pastors, before we prayed, we read the word, we talked. He said, Pastor Jim, what do you do when you're losing people and you're not even open? I said, how did that come about? Well, no. I sent out an email blast. You know, Florida was on a different schedule than New York. Yeah. I sent out an email blast and said, when we reopen, we're going to have distancing and wear a mask. And they were they savaged me on, <laughs> on, on social media. What? You're one of those masked people. I knew you, little devil. You'll never see me in church. And a guy in the same room yelled out, well, no, that can't be. And I said, why? Well, no, I did an email blast and said, you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want, if you don't want to distance. We're just going to open and trust God. And they said, what? My grandparents came to that church. My parents, you'll never see me again yeah. with this no mask policy. So it's not about Jesus. Most people, what's closest to their heart is their politi political, ethnic, racial con uh, identities. And that is a tragedy. Imagine, Father, that they might be one even as we are one. And look what we're dividing over. Yeah. Yeah. I found that I found that, that I mean, that was a, the, the COVID thing, especially. But a lot of these issues, it's kind of like the temperature in the church, no matter where you set it, some people are going to be too hot. Some people are going to be too cold and they're going to complain about it, you know? Um, yeah. So how do we get back to the heart of ministry? Cause I know you cover this in your book. Well, the way every believer, every Christian, you know, we have times of backsliding or coldness, lukewarmness. I don't know what you want to call it. But relationship with Christ is what makes you a Christian. But fellowship with Christ is a whole different matter. The, the, the church at Laodicea that Jesus wrote to in Revelation 3 was a Christian church. So they were part of the body of Christ. But he said, hey, guys, I'm outside the door. You're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. Didn't say they weren't believers, but fellowship is different than than uh, a relationship. I have people here, as you know where you are, I counsel people all the time that they were molested growing up or something went down or a big family fight. Uh, was that their biological father? Is there a birth certificate? Absolutely. Is there fellowship? No. I haven't talked for decades. Mm. Don't want to talk. And that's how every revival has begun where ministers and Christians say, you know what? This can't be what God intended his church to be like. We, we got we to gotta get back to the Bible, prayer, time alone with the Lord, and, and say, Holy Spirit, you were sent to be in charge of matters pertaining to the Christian church. We need you. We need your fullness. We need your direction. We need your power. And, and God's not up in heaven resisting us. He's just waiting for us to get tired of kind of these uh, simplistic Mickey Mouse 
uh, church growth uh, formulas that all work for about 18 months, two years. This is why so many pastors are quitting the ministry. 42% now say they would leave tomorrow if they could only get a job with benefits to cover for their family. Hmm. Why? Because they've tried this thing, that thing, let's do this, let's do that. And they were all guaranteed to work. Why? By people who are technicians. They're communicators. They're not men and women of God. They've never seen a revival and fruit and converts. They're, 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 We, we could use some the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit as we share the gospel, love, openness to all races, all people. I mean, crack houses are more integrated here in Brooklyn than in a lot of churches throughout the country. <laughs> that that can't be right. That can't be right. <laughs> uh, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> well, no, I mean, uh, uh, I I went down to a very deep place in my heart. Uh, during those 16 months, which mm. led me to write, read this book. Like, what is really real? Mm -hmm. You know, the one side of is no five-point Calvinism, and you got to be sound in the Word and all of that. Another one is, no, what's the newest manifestation in the charismatic movement? Uh, no, angels visited the meeting and left their feathers or something, <laughs> or were barking like dogs or whatever. You know all the stuff that goes on. Or some of these uh, crooks that are on Christian television milking the people's money with seed faith formulas. And I started to say, God, so what is this really about? Strip me away from me everything that's not of you and in your word. Mm -hmm. And and here's here's what I came to. What are we going to do with this, Randy? When there are pastors right now in Texas, New York, anyplace else, Christ died and shed his blood for everybody walking on the streets of Dallas, Fort Worth, of Houston, of Amarillo, etc., and New York City, Brooklyn, mm -hmm. all the boroughs. He died for them, but you because of what the racial reaction of your congregation and the tithers will leave or your target group generational prejudice you don't want them in your church and christ died for them the angels must weep when they see that mm -hmm. just think how twisted this thing has become instead of being a holy ghost hospital where people can come in and meet jesus mm -hmm. and have their life changed we're building numbers yeah. And keeping them by changing the message so they won't get offended. And God forbid they're not coming back. What did I do wrong? Jesus had people leave him. He didn't go running after them. He kept loving and giving them the truth. That's the basics we need to get back to. Do you see that going on in some other churches? I feel like I do. I know what you're talking about. I I'm do. not denying it. But I do see the positive things as well. I do. I do. I see hunger. And a lot of pastors are getting desperate. And uh, a lot of people who were going to church now are just got used to watching online. And others just, they're not serving the Lord. Like God shook the, the tree and the fruit that wasn't really connected to the vine has fallen off. And we're yeah. probably not going to see them yeah. again. But there's a, I see people uh, hungry for God. I was just in a conference in Tennessee. Thousands of pastors on their knees saying, God, Come and do a new thing. Hmm. Uh, and elsewhere, in the West Coast, uh, Northwest, in fact, where it's not exactly the Bible Belt up right. there. Right. But but there are people who are, no, I'm not going to waste my life doing Christianity light. Mm -hmm. 
I can't do that. I, I want to see converts made. Mm -hmm. I want to see people's lives. In that, listen, everyone in the ministry, that's how it started out for them. But we can get jaded. We can go on some rabbit trail leading nowhere. And now we lose our naturalness, our spontaneity, and we even can lose the message and start preaching something other than the good news of Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I have a, I have a question for you, and maybe a little off topic, although in your book, and I'll show that to people, it's called Fan the Flame, Pastor Jim Simbla. You have a, a chapter called Division is Deadly, and now I haven't I don't have a copy of the book, so I'm not exactly sure where you're going there. But I do know that in the church that, that I was in for a while, where I actually got married, uh, United Methodist Church, they recently have had a, a split, uh, and now they're going to global Methodist Church. And, and it's been necessitated by people who insisted that um, they accept homosexuality or homosexual ministers and things like that. When we talk about division, um, the, how do you how do you balance the I I want unity with all believers with the yeah. idea that that core belief you, there's something that you're promoting that I think is unscriptural, right? You know, you have an abridged Bible <laughs> reference another chapter of yours, right? Um, how do how do we maintain unity without getting into compromise? I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Right, right. Well. Okay, for the believer, uh, you have to go to a church that in your heart you feel peace about that they're preaching the gospel, mm. the good news of Christ, and they're not violating scripture. And it didn't matter if your family went there, if they've changed or you're bothered by it, don't fight. Just go to a place where, where you can be fed and work and have freedom, have a good conscience, and invite people to the church. Mm. Now, uh, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? You see, there, there's that verse in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't mean we all join hands together and sing Kumbaya and we, oh, you, you don't even believe Jesus was the Savior of the world or you believe there's different truths for different people. No. Right. Uh, if right. we believe in the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we believe in the Bible as our only rule of faith and doctrine, there's that. But what I talk about is... Uh, almost more insidious. Yeah, there's that division, but a lot of that is just what, what Paul was saying in, in, uh, in Galatians, where he said, uh, you know, some are preaching another gospel, which is no gospel. So you have to sort that out and have discernment and know the Bible. But I'm talking about churches where ostensibly they are supposed to be on the same page, like the same church. And they're still at each other's throats. <laughs> Paul says in Galatians, make sure the flesh, I'm paraphrasing, make sure the flesh doesn't take control and you don't bite and devour one another. Hmm. Well, why would he write that to Christians? Yeah. Because Christians bite and devour one another <laughs> sometimes, right? <laughs> so only in the first century. <laughs> that, um, yeah, yeah, right. So there, there's that division which weakens us. Yeah. You know, Lincoln, Lincoln was the only president with no religious affiliation, Abraham Lincoln. Huh. And yet he became famous with his kingdom divided against itself speech, where leading up before the Civil War, which started when he, after he was elected, he said, no, the country's gonna be either all slaves or no slaves, free. Why? Because he quoted Jesus, <laughs> no kingdom against itself can stand. No house divided right. against itself can stand. Yeah. And we forget that 
even in local churches, division among pastors. Satan is the mastermind behind all division, strife, envy, jealousy, gossip, slandering, and and that grieves the Holy Spirit. And Paul is always writing in the New Testament, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. But then let's just look at Christendom. Even in the body of Christ, the Christian church, these denominational barriers and these uh, now branding, you know, brands, uh, <laughs> they cause division. Like, wait a minute, I thought I read in Ephesians just the other day. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe my Bible is, is misprinted. There's only, yes, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. But it starts out, there's only one body. Mm-hmm. So part of the grieving, maybe, of the Holy Spirit, where we don't sense his influence is stronger in, in America and among the Christian churches, is because we're so divided. The Calvinists don't care about what the Arminians are doing. They could care less, and vice versa. And the, and, and the good Baptist doesn't care about the assemblies of God, and vice versa. And yet, God is one, and he wants us to be one, and we don't pray for each other, we don't root for each other, and in the book I mention, and I say this in every public setting where I talk to ministers. We're still here. There's an email waiting for you. Open it up. He only has one body. There are no. We're still here. Sticking with it. And wouldn't it be great if we rooted for each other, wept over one another, and 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 cheered each other on as God blessed us? Yeah, yeah. We missed, we dropped a few words, but I think we got the point. I want to, I want to end it with this, Pastor Jim, and I, and I appreciate your your passion. I appreciate your dedication, your steadfastness over the years, uh, and in your leadership. But to bring it down to an individual person if i'm sitting here i'm watching this i'm not a pastor i'm not in new york city you know um but i i want to as the subtitle of your book says i I want to renew my calling and i want to revive the church where's the starting point for every individual wherever they're at well the beginning always is of course to pray because god answers prayer and god's house should be called a house of pray and maybe get some other people to pray uh, because unless God comes, none of us can do what needs to be done. We all can see that. It's obvious. So to begin to pray and then be looking for like-minded believers uh, who want to ask God, God, we need a breakthrough in Dallas We need, or wherever you are in Texas. Hmm. We need a breakthrough here in our church. Get like-minded people. The other thing that I touch on in the book is a very interesting verse for years. It's uh, um, inspired me. At the end of Colossians, Paul, who had never been to Colossae, didn't found that church. And yet at the end, he knew enough to write to them and give them solid teaching and avoid heresy. And then at the end, he says, and tell Archippus, finish the work that you received in the Lord. Finish the work that you received. In the Lord. Archippus was not an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, whatever that we know. He was just a guy, but there was a calling on his life. Because really, Randy, there's a calling on everybody who's in the body of Christ. Yes, sir. In prayer, to work with children, to use their musical gift, to go on missions trips, 
whatever it might be, there's all these gifts that are listed that are not just for ordained ministers, it's for lay people. And Archippus seemed to have started something that God laid on his heart. And now Paul is writing and saying, make sure you finish yeah. what God gave you to do. And maybe someone, you know, watching this, listening to us today, God put something in your heart, what, five, 10 years ago? And then there was gossip that discouraged you or you made some mistakes. You can't leave that. That's why he saved you. Listen, Christ couldn't have died on the cross so we would go to a building once a week for an hour. That is impossible. <laughs> right. Come on, think of that. Right. Think of that. He died on the cross. All of us are important to him. So let's get before him and say, Lord, show me what to do. Your servant is listening. Love it. Good word. Pastor Jim Simbla, Brooklyn Tabernacle. By the way, brooklyntabernacle.org if you want to follow up on, on that. Uh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Again, thank you for your time here and Thanks, for your man. service in, in New York City. I'm glad it's, it's you and not me. I like my wide open spaces. But okay, but if you visit... If you visit, I'll get you cheesecake. I promise. <laughs> okay. And, and okay. you always got some text mix waiting for you down here. Okay. Thank you, brother. <laughs> right. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too, sir. Appreciate you guys watching. Be sure to check out Fan the Flame by Pastor Jim Simula, and you can revive yourself. Find that calling and make a difference in your world. And come back. We've got more great interviews for you. Uh, really good one tomorrow. And then next week, by the way, live from the set of The Chosen Monday and Tuesday. I'm very excited about that. So more great stuff for you here. Hit subscribe, follow, like, uh, share, and come back. Just rolling, man. Here to encourage you. See you again next time here on Life Today Live. I want to know what God has to say. I want to know this book. It's the only book he ever wrote. You need to know the Word of God. You need to know what God's book says. It's God's word, brother. It's food. It's finished. It's God's book.